this is really exciting for me that I get to come and uh, talk with you and talk about God's word with you. It is just, I, it is just this is what I love. So my assignment is uh, James chapter 2, and the issue that we're going to be talking about is what is real faith? That's the question that we get to, uh, to address, to, ad- to uh, answer. Uh, James is talking in this section about what is real faith, which is something that a lot of people are confused about. Uh, there are people who think that Christianity isn't uh, real and that the faith isn't real. In this passage, James talks about the difference between real faith and counterfeit faith. He talks about the difference between uh, authentic believers and fake believers. He talks about how to have real faith, which is something that we all need. So my thought for the night is we should all be thinking through God's word and what is said and evaluating ourselves. Is my faith real or is it not real? Now, this is a controversial and often misunderstood passage uh, in the book of James. Every cult misunderstands it, and they try to use this passage to say, you have to prove your way into heaven. You have to work your way into heaven. You have to earn it. And that is not what he is saying. It's important that you get what I'm talking about because the core is that we need to live by faith. So there's the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Here we have James in the New Testament. Um, Paul, through the New Testament, teaches that you are saved by faith. James comes along here now and he says, it's not just faith, but also works. And so it sounds like there's a conflict between Paul and James. And you have to sort of ask yourself, okay, in the midst of this conflict between what Paul says and what James says, who's right? Which one is right? Is James right or is Paul right? The answer, they're both right. We need to understand that there are a variety of times in Scripture where it seems like there's a contradiction. It seems like things don't match up. And what we need to realize is that in the midst of this, they are talking about differences. They are approaching different issues in a different way from a different angle. For example, Paul was fighting the problem of legalism, the problem of, I have got to keep all of the Jewish laws, all of the Jewish regulations in order to be a Christian. Paul is addressing that issue. James is, is fighting the, the problem of laxity. Those that say, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you believe. So James is addressing that problem. What they're doing is they are fighting two different enemies of Christianity. They both use the word works, but they use it in different ways. When Paul uses the word works, he's talking about Jewish laws like circumcision and things like that. When James uses the word works, he's talking about the lifestyle of a Christian, acts of love, acts of obedience. Paul focuses on the root of salvation. It's what happens to me internally, inside. James is focusing on the fruit of salvation, what happens on the outside. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. 
It's by what you see coming out of their life. Paul is talking about how to know you're a Christian. James is talking about how to show you're a Christian. Paul is talking about how to become a believer. James is talking about how to behave like a believer. So this is not a contradiction. It's a combination. The two live together in unity, in synthesis. They complement one another. They are two sides of the same coin. It's summed up in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith for a life of good works that God has already prepared for us to do. There are three prepositions in that passage. By grace, through faith, for good works. If you get them out of order, you have a major problem. They are in order on purpose. If you think you are saved by works for grace, you're in trouble. We are saved by grace, through faith, for the good works that God has for us to do. So how do I show I'm a believer? James gives us five ways you can know if you've got the real deal. If your faith is real, this basically is is a test. One is, Real faith is not just something you say. In verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? It doesn't say that this person actually has faith. He He just says that he has faith. He just talks the faith talk. He talks about it. He knows the right phrases. So the core is that there are a lot of people who claim to be Christians. You know, they'll say, I'm a Christian. But then you don't see it in their lifestyle. You don't hear it in their words. You you just don't see it. Jesus said, not everybody who, who, who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said that in Matthew 7, verses 22, 23. See, not everybody with a Christian bumper sticker is a Christian. Not everybody who is a professor of Christianity is a possessor of Christianity. I, I, I saw this funny uh, story once, and it was this police officer had, had pulled over this woman, and, and he was going up to arrest her. And she was like, why are you pulling me over? Why are you wanting to arrest me? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I've been behind you for a while, and I've seen like those people, and you were flipping them off. And then a little bit later, you were yelling at somebody, you know, trying to cross the street. And so I saw all of these bumper stickers, Christian bumper stickers on the car. I thought the car had been stolen. Just because there's a bumper sticker there doesn't mean there's real faith behind the wheel. He says, can that faith save him? What value is that? What value is that kind of faith? It's not, because talk is cheap. You may sound good, but it's actually empty. So, first up, real faith is not just something you say. Second, real faith is not just something you feel. Real faith is more than a feeling. It's more than an emotion. And this is significant because a lot of people confuse emotion with faith. They think that they go to church and they have this wonderful feeling of worship, and because that wonderful feeling is there, they feel faith. And it's 
there for a moment, but then it's gone. Real faith is not there for a moment and gone. That is simply an emotion. They were emotionally moved. He gives an illustration in verse 15 and 16. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, without giving them the things that they need for their body, what good is that? I saw a Peanuts cartoon one time. Do you guys know who Peanuts is? Cool. I had this passing thought earlier. I was like, do people still know Peanuts? Do people still know Charlie Brown? Charles Schultz? So here you got Charlie Brown and Linus. They're inside the house. It is storming, pouring down rain outside. They got this nice fire going on behind them in the fireplace. And they're just sitting there on the windowsill looking outside. And they look at Snoopy. And Snoopy's out there in the rain. And he's cold. And his bowl of food is empty. And so they think and they talk together, we should do something about this. We should. We really should. So they go out there to Snoopy in the cold. He's cold and he's hungry. They walk out there and they say, Snoopy, be of good cheer. And then they go back in the house. (laughs) This is the passage of Scripture that Charles Schultz used for that story. It's from this verse. It's not just that you can say, feel good. You need to do something about it. Let's say, let's just make this just slightly personal. You leave, how many of you drove a car here? Oh, cool, then this will work. Let's say you go out to your car after challenge. You're going to drive to In-N-Out and get that double-double, maybe the triple-double, maybe. You, you, you know you can have as many as you want. In one stack, you know, you could have a 12 stack. They, they will do it. You ask them, boom, you got it. They know that. Let's say you go out to your car, you're closing the door, and all of a sudden you slam your fingers in the door, and your fingers are bleeding, and they're, they're, they're throbbing. It's hurting, and, and, and somebody walks up to you and say, oh, I really feel for you. And they walk away. Did that do you any good? No. Real faith is more than just a feeling. It's more than just emotions. You do something about it. You act on it. It's not just talk. It's not just feeling for people. James says that if my faith doesn't lead me to action, it's not real faith. It's fake. It's inauthentic. In verse 17, he says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If I don't take action, it's not that I have a sick faith. I have a dead faith. It's dead. James is saying real faith is not just something that you say. It's not just something that you feel. Number three, real faith is not just something that you think. Think. For some people, faith faith is an intellectual issue. It's an intellectual pursuit. It's a matter to be studied, debated, talked about, discussed. In this, I think James is imagining an intellectual objector. You get to verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. He's imagining this intellectual who says, you're into faith. I'm into works. 
Let's talk about it. Let's debate it. Let's think about it. Stimulate me mentally, but don't ask me to make any commitments. Don't ask me to actually do anything. He goes on to say, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. The key phrase, the first two words, show me. Real faith, I'm going to explain to you something that real faith is visible and real faith faith is invisible. But you really can actually see it. If you claim to be a Christian, people will be able to see it in your life, in your lifestyle. It's visible. On the other hand, faith is odorless. It's weightless. It's invisible. So anybody can claim to have it. How do you know if they really have it? Well, James says, show me. Show me what you've got. Let's see. You claim to be a Christian? Let's evaluate that. Let's think about that. See, faith, back to in and out. Faith is like calories. So be careful how many stacks you get. You can't see them, but you see the results. Just adds on. James, uh, how, how many of you know the, the slogan of the state of Missouri? Somebody's got to know it. The show me state. Missourians, James would like them. He would say, man, you guys got it. The theme of your state is show me. What James says is that, you know, if you're a Christian, show it. Prove it. Let me see it by your actions. For example, if I say, I believe that my health is very important to me. Personal health is, is a high priority in my life. And then you ask me, do you eat right? No. Do you exercise? No. Do you get the proper amount of rest? No. Do you take vitamins? No. Do you ever go in for a physical checkup? No. See, it doesn't matter what I say. What counts are my actions, how I back up my values with actions. So real faith is more than just something you think. You can point it out. You could see it in somebody's life. You can see it in the lives around you. James is saying real faith is more than just something you say, feel, think, because you could prove it. Fourth thing, real faith is not just something you believe. Verse 19, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even demons believe and they shudder. Demons believe. So you got to have more than belief. There are a lot of people who have strong beliefs about God, strong beliefs about the Bible, strong beliefs about Jesus. They, they, they can recite verses. They could recite creeds. They know catechisms. They know Bible doctrines. You know what James says about all that? Big deal. So what? Belief in God is not enough because even the demons believe in God, and they shudder at his majesty, at his awesomeness. So it's not just about what you believe. The Greek word for uh, shudder is the word to bristle. It makes the, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's the kind of word that you would use 
watching a Stephen King movie. Shudder. It's scary, but it's referring to the awesomeness of God. The word believe in Greek means to trust in, to cling to, to rely on, to commit yourself completely to. So see, it's not just a feeling. It's not just a thought. To believe means you're putting your trust in God. You're putting your faith, your life in God's hands. Being a Christian is a lot more than just head knowledge. You have to know it. It has to travel 18 inches. It has to be connected from your brain to your heart. And then it makes a difference. So real faith is not just me saying, I believe. A lot of Americans say, I believe. I'm a Christian. Comes up in surveys all of the time. Surveys say, I don't even remember what the current number is, like 85% of America are Christians. Do you know what the percent is of people that are in a church on any given Sunday? Anybody? Anybody? Who said that? 5%. James would say, that's 5% are the only ones that seem to have a real faith. Where are you? You know, when asked, yeah, sure, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. Do you attend church? No. Do you donate your time? No. Do you tithe? No. James would say what you have is a phony faith, a fake faith. You're just conning yourself. And a lot of people are doing that. So it's not just something you say, think, or feel, or believe. What is real faith? Real faith is something you do. You do it. You take action. In these next couple of verses, James gives two people to illustrate this truth, that real faith is something you do. Real faith is active. It's not passive. He ref- Very interestingly, he refers to two different people, Abraham and Rahab. And he's talking about how they showed their faith, how they demonstrated their faith. These two people come from opposite extremes. Abraham is a man. Rahab is a woman. Abraham is Jewish. Rahab is Gentile. Abraham is a patriarch. Rahab is a prostitute. Abraham is a somebody. Rahab is a nobody. Abraham is a major character in the Bible. Rahab is a minor character. He uses these two people to illustrate that it doesn't matter who you've been. It doesn't matter who you are as long as you have real faith. These two people, Abraham and Rahab, they had one thing in common, faith in God. They were willing to take action on their faith. Verse 20 says, do you want to be Do you want to be shown, you foolish person? I know this is not in your notes. It's not up on the screen, but we're going to go through it. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith was was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled when it says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. How do we know that? We saw it. 
He behaved in a way that his belief came out visibly. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Abraham faced what, what is, I, I just think it, you know, it has to be that ultimate test of faith. And just so that you know this, this test, this story right here has nothing to do with salvation. Abraham was already a believer. That was established 25 years earlier. He's not talking about being saved by what you do. He's saying that what you do shows if you have faith. It shows if you really believe. Abraham obeyed God. He cut the wood, built the altar, was ready to sacrifice his son. And Abraham says a fascinating thing. He's walking with his son up the mountain, knowing that he's going to sacrifice his son because that's what God asked of him. He's walking up the mountain, but what he says to his son is, we are going to come back down. He did not say, I'm going to come back down because in his faith, he knew that God would do whatever it was, whatever needed to happen. If it meant God was going to raise him from the dead, he had the faith that God was going to do that. And so they get up to the mountain and he knew God was going to do something. Abraham was about ready to sacrifice Isaac. And God steps in and says, I was just testing you. I just wanted to test you to find out was what is the most important thing in your life. It was his actions that proved his faith. Then he talks about Rahab. The actual story is in Joshua chapter 2. It is the story of how she helped a couple of spies when they were, they were coming into Jericho. She risks her life to protect them and save them. A tremendous act of faith. See, our faith is not determined by what our faith is not determined by what we do. Our faith is demonstrated by what we do. Our faith is demonstrated by our actions. Our behavior shows what we believe. 2 Corinthians 13:5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. It's saying to test yourself, evaluate yourself. You could ask questions like, what changes can I point to in my life? What do I do that demonstrates I have faith? Or is it just something I think about, something I believe, something I feel? Is my lifestyle any different from unbelievers? You want to, I want you to be clear. He's not saying you work your way into heaven. He's not saying works deliver salvation. He's saying they demonstrate your salvation. They demonstrate your faith. He's saying if your faith doesn't work, what good is it? You get down to verse 26. For as a body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. What I do demonstrates my faith. You should be able to know that. You should be able to see it. You should be able to see my actions and know if I have faith or I don't have faith. And I do also think that 
if you're wondering, well, am I really a Christian? You could get it settled tonight. You don't have to walk out of here with doubts or concerns. You could talk to any of the staff, and they will help you get that settled. And you should get it settled. Because it is not about what you think, what you believe, what you feel. Not about what you say. It's about what you do. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith for a life of good works, which God has already prepared for me to do. If you are not yet a Christian, one one image that you can have as you pursue becoming a Christian or really knowing if you are a Christian, it's as if, it's as if God is reaching down to us and saying, I want you to know me. I want to have a relationship with you. When God is reaching down to you, that's grace. You're down here looking up and you're reaching up and you're saying, I want to have a relationship with you. God, I want to get to know you. And when your hand and God's hands reach and connect and embrace that salvation, saved by grace through faith for the good works that God has for you. Now, to get that fully ingrained so that you have a full, complete understanding of that, you need to talk to one of the staff. Ask them, what does it really, really mean? What do I need to do to be saved? And they can help you with that. If you are a Christian, make it your goal to live by faith. Take action by faith. Demonstrate your faith by the acts of obedience. For example, baptism is an act of obedience. You choose to commit your life to Christ, and the next step that Jesus says to take is the step of obedience in baptism. Some of you did that two days ago. It was a beautiful, yes, yes, awesome. If you have committed your life to Christ, baptism is the next step to take of obedience. So you need to, to take that step, make that plan. It's a dip, baptism is a demonstration of your faith. It is showing everybody else what you have experienced on the inside. On the inside, when I committed my life to Christ, I identified with Christ's death and resurrection. I embraced that. I internalized that. Nobody could see that. Me getting baptized was the demonstration. It was the show and tell moment. I committed my life to Christ. Therefore, I am being obedient and being baptized. Water, underwater, dead, death to my old life, raised to my new life. It was, an, it was a demonstration of faith. So all of this to say, is your faith real? Do you have real faith? James chapter 2 gives you what you need to understand what is real faith. He walks through and tells you what it is not, and then he finishes by telling you what it is. I want to pray with you. Father, I am grateful that we can actually know you, that we can have a relationship with you where we get to know you, we can be filled by your spirit. We can do everything that we do and do it with you.
in a relationship with you. I pray that we would have real faith. I pray that we would either be committing our life to Christ tonight, getting that settled, or that we would be making a choice that says, I will live by faith. I will let my faith be seen in my actions, in my lifestyle. Father, I pray you'd help us. Give us what we need to follow you. I pray that in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.